Welcome to the Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of the Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a magnifying of God's Word as we pick up in Psalm chapter 138, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. God has given to him, that is Jesus Christ, a name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. A name above all names. Yet, as important as is the name of Jesus, as glorious as is the name of Jesus, yet God has honored his word. Thou hast magnified thy word above even thy name. Now, as I say, there's nothing more important than the name of God, and yet he has put his word even above the name as far as magnifying his word. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. We need also to honor the word of God even as he has honored it. In the day, the psalmist said, when I cried, you answered me and you strengthened me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. And so referring to the word of God. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. And though the Lord be high, yet he has respect to the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Here's, again, a good example of Hebrew poetry, the contrast. The Lord is high, yet he has respect to the lowly, but the proud. So you have the contrast here. He knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You shall stretch forth your hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the works of thy own hands. I love this verse. The Lord will perfect that. And the word perfect is to complete. God's going to complete that which concerns me. Those things that are a concern to you in your relationship with God, God's going to take care of it. The Lord is going to perfect that which concerns me. For his mercy endures forever. And then the prayer, Lord, don't forsake. I am the work of his hands. God, don't forsake the work of your own hands. Psalm 139, another psalm of David to the chief musician. As David offers this prayer really unto God, declaring, first of all, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me, recognizing that God knows me completely and fully. You know my downsittings and my uprisings, or you know my ups and my downs. You understand my thoughts afar off. The Hebrew is, you understand my thoughts in their origins. Before I even think them, you know them. You know the processes by which they are formed. 
You compasseth my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. When I'm walking, I'm encircled by you. When I'm lying down, I'm encircled by you. I'm encompassed by you in everything. Paul the Apostle said, For in him we live, we move, we have our being. The all-prevailing presence of God surrounding my life. God's omnipresent. There is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know it altogether. So God knows me so completely. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and you've laid your hand upon me. I look back and I see the hand of God on my life. I look ahead and I see God's plan. And right now I feel the hand of God upon me. You see, I, I'm surrounded. My past, present, and my future is all wrapped up with God. You've beset me behind and before, and your hand is upon me. The psalmist declared, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. What knowledge? Self-knowledge. Very few people really know themselves. We have hidden the truth about ourselves so long that we don't even know the truth about our own selves. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Yet God said, I do search the hearts of man. But who really knows the motives, the true motives behind our actions? And yet it is God who weighs the motives. We put so much emphasis upon a person's actions. God puts the emphasis upon the attitudes, the motives from which the actions spring. And it is possible, very possible, for people to have right actions with wrong motives. And God's looking at the motive. Take heed to yourself, Jesus said, that you do not your righteousness before men to be seen of men. In other words, that should not be your motive, to be recognized by man. That's why I'm doing my righteous thing, so people can see me. You've got to be careful that that isn't your motive. For Jesus said, I say unto you, you have your reward. Now he tells about people who were doing the right things. They were giving to God, they were praying, they were fasting. But yet they were doing it always with the wrong motive. And thus, no reward from God, no recognition from God for what they were doing. For God weighs the heart. God is checking the attitudes, the motives by which I do things. And the Bible says that one day we are all to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the things that we have done in our body, whether they be good or evil. And our works are all going to be tried by fire of what manner or sort they are. So all of the works that a person has done for God. Oh, Lord, you know, weren't we doing this? Weren't we doing that? Weren't we, you know, big stars? And we were on TV and we were, you know, doing all these wonderful things for you. And Jesus said, hey, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. The whole motive was wrong. The motive was to receive the recognition, the glory, the applaud, the praise of man. 
So take heed to yourself, Jesus said. How you do your righteousness, that you don't do it with the motive of being seen of men. So here the psalmist declared, self-knowledge is too much for me. I cannot attain it. Now, whither shall I go from thy presence or from thy spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. But if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. The omnipresence of God filling the universe. There is no place that you can go and escape the presence of God. In him we live, we move, we have our being. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, oh, surely the darkness will cover me, even the night will be light about me. Yea, the darkness does not hide from you, but the night shines as the day and the darkness and the light are both alike unto thee. In other words, with God there is no darkness. There is no hiding in darkness. It makes no difference to God. He can see you just as well uh, at night as he can during the day. Turn the lights out and hide from God. No, it doesn't make any difference. God can see us. Light and darkness are the same to him. For you have possessed my range. You've covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Fearfully and wonderfully made. More and more we're discovering how wonderfully made we are made, the human body. There's a new book entitled Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. I recommend the book. It's just excellent reading for you. Written by a doctor who spent many years as a missionary doctor in a leprosarium and has done his most recent work uh, back at Carville, Louisiana in the leprosarium there, which they no longer call leprosariums. It's a institute for the study of Hansen's disease. And um, it's an excellent book. I think you'll enjoy it as he, from a medical standpoint, delves into the marvels of the human body. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And the title of the book is Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. In other words, God knew me completely before I was ever born. When I was still just, you know, chemicals. God knew me completely. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. God's thoughts for me, how precious they are. How great is the sum. If I should number them more than the sand. I love to go down to the beach and just take and get a handful of sand and just open up the bottom of my hand and let it just drop on down and form a pile. And watch those grains of sand fall. I think something therapeutic about it just it feels good. But also as those grains of sand are falling, I think, wow, 
God's thoughts concerning me, if I could number them, are more than the, the sand of the sea. Each one of those little grains of sand represent one of God's thoughts concerning me. God's thinking about me all the time. And then God said, my thoughts towards you are good, not evil. And so I drop a few little piles of sand on the beach, and then I just look up at the beach. I see all the grains of sand, and I go, oh, my. How wonderful, Lord. How precious are thy thoughts of me. The psalmist then speaks of the wicked. God is going to destroy the wicked. Therefore, I want to depart from wicked men. I don't want to keep company with evil men. For they speak against God wickedly. They take his name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate you? Am I not grieved with those that rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies, the psalmist said. And then his prayer. That is his petition. The whole thing is prayer. This is now the petition. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Who is the man who prays, search me, O God? He's the man who understands and knows that he doesn't know himself. The man who recognizes that he really doesn't know himself is the man who prays, search me, O God, and know my thoughts, and know my heart. Try me. My heart is deceitful. My heart is desperately wicked. Lord, know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. And see if there be some wicked way in me, because you're going to destroy the wicked. I don't want to be wicked. See if there is something there, Lord, that is displeasing to you. Now, the work of the Holy Spirit is not only revealing Christ to us, but revealing ourselves to us. How often the Holy Spirit reveals to me the truth about myself. My reaction, my response to a situation, the Holy Spirit will say, all right, Chuck, now that was wrong. That wasn't in Christ-like, that wasn't a Christ-like spirit. You weren't responding in love. You were angry with them. And I usually say, yes, I am, and I have a right to be. <laughs> but then he starts dealing with me. As he reveals those areas of my life, that are not yet brought to the cross, not yet brought into conformity to Jesus Christ. Those areas of self that still are there that he is desiring to give me victory over. The Holy Spirit's work is that of revealing to us those areas of our lives that are displeasing to God. And then the prayer ends, lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the path of life. Lead me in the way of everlasting life. There's one thing I don't want to be deceived about, and that is my eternal destiny. How many Many people are deceived concerning their eternal destiny because they're trusting in the word of some man. 
They're trusting in the word of some religious leader, some maybe charismatic leader who has a lot of uh, charisma, personal charisma and, and personal magnetism and whatever these things are. And, and they're encouraging people to follow after them, engaging in brainwashing techniques, making zombies out of their followers. And how many people are blindly following them today, thinking, being assured that this is the path of life. Everybody else is wrong. We're the only ones who have the truth. We're the only ones walking in the light. All of the churches are wrong. They're all lying to you. None of them are telling you the truth. We're the only ones that have discovered the truth. And people blindly following them. And even within the churches, how many people have come to just trust in the church, church membership, or infant baptism, and they're deceived as to their eternal destiny? Lead me in the way everlasting. I don't want to be fooled on this. I don't want my heart to be deceived on this issue. I want to make sure that I'm in the way everlasting. For there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end of it is death. I don't want to be in that way, thinking that I'm right and ending up in the pit. Psalm 140, another Psalm of David, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually are they gathered together for war. They've sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. The proud have hit a snare for me. The cords, they have spread a net by the wayside. They have set traps for me. Gins is traps. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. Hear my voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, Thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Further not his wicked device, lest they exalt themselves. As for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. I'm glad I'm not David's enemy. He really asked, you know, God to take care of them. But it is a, so typical of so many of the Psalms of David where his concern is about those who have conspired against him. David is the type of man that you either loved very much or hated very much. It was hard to just have a passive attitude towards David. He had many deep, loyal friends, but he also had many avowed enemies that were seeking to destroy him. And so he seems to be constantly asking God for help against his enemies and then asking God's judgment really to fall upon the head 
of his enemies. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. Psalm 141 is another psalm of David. Lord, I cry unto thee. Make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Now here David actually begins to spiritualize the offerings of the Old Testament. As he asked the Lord, let my prayer be set before thee as incense. Now incense being offered in the tabernacle and later in the temple were actually symbols of prayer. The, the smoke of the incense, the sweet odor arising, symbolized the prayers of the saints coming before God as a sweet-smelling incense. In other words, God's loving and enjoying the prayers of the saints. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 138 through 141 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bring you into a special consciousness of His presence, of His love, of His interest in your life. And may you walk in the consciousness of God's grace and be led by His Spirit. May you come into a new relationship with God, a very personal relationship with God. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For years, Pastor Chuck was asked thousands of questions. This new guy that my mom married, he thinks that the Christian beliefs are foolish, and I was wondering if that's going to like affect my mom's walk. I'm a Christian. I'm trying to fight the addiction of smoking, and are those things going to keep me from going in the rapture? Is it okay to use your tithe and give it to someone who's going on a mission trip instead of giving it directly to church? 
The Word for Today is pleased to present an ebook called Biblical Counseling by Chuck Smith, listing over 200 topics that include Pastor Chuck's commentary and the scripture references he used. Topics include addiction, business relationships, depression, lawsuits, sexuality, training children, and so much more. To download the Biblical Counseling ebook by Chuck Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link provided. Or you can call 1-800-272-9673.